Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, March 2nd. Here are election 2020 updates from today's show. Buoyed by his landslide in the South Carolina primary on Saturday, former Vice President Joe Biden made the case more explicitly that he's the only Democrat who can stop Bernie Sanders from winning the nomination. Several influential Democrats from states that vote on Super Tuesday also gave Biden a lift on Sunday as they endorsed him, including former Senator Barbara Boxer of California and Virginia, Congresswoman Jennifer Wexton, who won her suburban district in 2018, turning the seat blue for the first time in 38 years, also endorsed Biden. She called him a steady, empathetic leader who can help Democrats hold the House. Biden's efforts are rooted in his campaign's belief that he needs to use the burst of momentum and attention from South Carolina to rally Democrats to his side before Tuesday's elections, when 14 states and one territory will award 34% of all the delegates to the convention this summer. Biden has lagged behind rivals in organizing and fundraising for months. He hasn't been on TV in many of the states that are voting, unlike his opponents, but he thinks momentum can counteract that. Biden is attempting to make up for past deficiencies with a round robin of television appearances. He's flooding the zone and he's contrasting his centrist approach with Sanders's pitch for a revolution, especially on Medicare for all. Sanders is pulling strongly in many of the Super Tuesday battlegrounds and former New York Mayor Mike Bloomberg has spent hundreds of millions of dollars on advertising in those states. It'll be the first time he appears on the ballot. For many of Biden's allies, Bloomberg, a billionaire centrist, remains their biggest headache. They're hopeful that he may soon decide to bow out if he doesn't do well on Tuesday. On Sunday, the Biden campaign circulated a clip from MSNBC in which David Pluff, Barack Obama's 2008 campaign manager, said, quote, the reality is Bloomberg needed Biden to lose South Carolina to have any real chance. Although Biden's campaign would welcome a narrowed field, several of his allies are also informally telling allies of Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren to stay in the race until at least Tuesday night to deny Sanders a major delegate hall in the Super Tuesday states that they represent, Minnesota and Massachusetts. Sanders' campaign aides say that he's ready to make gains with younger, more liberal African-American voters in southern states like North Carolina, and they've argued that South Carolina was far older and more moderate than most of the states that are voting on Tuesday. Bloomberg has attempted to make inroads with African-American voters, but he's encountering continuing problems over his past support for stop and frisk, the police strategy that opponents say is a form of racial profiling. Before announcing his candidacy, Bloomberg apologized for defending that practice for so many years. As Bloomberg spoke on Sunday in Selma, Alabama, at Brown Chapel AME Church, about 10 people stood and silently turned their backs on him. They returned to their seats after the former mayor stepped away from the podium. The incident caused a stir in the church, but Bloomberg continued his remarks without interruption. Other attendees continued to listen, some cheering and applauding. Sanders, meanwhile, went to California, the biggest delegate prize on Tuesday. He spoke to crowds of thousands in Northern California and Southern California, and he's also focusing hard on Texas, which is the second biggest delegate hall where he's been building an organization since his insurgent 2016 campaign. Polls show that Sanders is favored to win in both California and Texas. Sanders also said Sunday that he's raised $46.5 million in the last month, Biden's campaign said last night that it raised 10 million bucks this weekend. While he was campaigning in San Jose yesterday, Sanders stepped up his criticism of Biden over his backing of military intervention in Iraq and his past support for free trade. The senator from Vermont also attacked Biden as a tool of the wealthy and centrist Democratic establishment that he is trying to supplant. In other election-related news, 
Pete Buttigieg, the 38-year-old former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, who saw a meteoric rise from virtual unknown to top-tier contender, narrowly winning the Iowa caucuses, apparently, although it's in dispute, and becoming the first openly gay candidate to make a high-profile presidential run. He's ended his campaign, and he's confronted the reality that his prospects of victory had all but collapsed. Buttigieg struggled to win support from black voters, a key pillar of the Democratic coalition, and a vulnerability that was emphasized in South Carolina, where he finished fourth. Buttigieg called Biden shortly after news of his departure broke, according to two Biden aides. They say the candidates exchanged voicemails, but haven't connected yet. Buttigieg made history by becoming the first openly gay candidate to earn delegates for the presidential nomination in a major party. He also broke barriers by making his marriage to his husband, Chastin, a major part of that campaign. Chastin normally joins his husband on stage after rallies, but Saturday night, the Buttigieg's lingered a little bit longer than usual and hugged a rare sign of the emotional toll the campaign was taking on Pete, who knew the end was near. Chastin was the first on stage at Buttigieg's South Bend event on Sunday where he dropped out, and he delivered an emotional introduction in which he told the crowd that his husband had helped him believe in himself again and that he urged him to run for president because, quote, I knew there were other kids in this country who needed to believe in themselves, too. The normally stoic Pete Buttigieg appeared to be steadying himself throughout his farewell remarks in his hometown, bringing to an end what was for a time an electrifying candidacy and preserving his options for the future. Indeed, the crowd chanted 2024 over and over again as he conceded. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. If you want to hear full episodes, find The Daily 202 every weekday morning wherever you get your podcasts. 